Now remember that line you was kicking to me on the way out to LA Lounge in Queens while we was in the car on our way to the shop. Well, yo, right now, kick the bass for them brothers and let them know what, what goes on. Rolling stones in the rap game, not bragging. Look bigger than Jagger, not sagging. Sprawling backwards, I'ma leave it at that. Got nothing to do with Yes, sir. Back by popular demand. The popular being just Mike, but we're back. And it feels good, baby. How you doing, Doors? Yeah, this is weird, man. This is like extremely, extremely weird to be virtual in my own place, um, not with you. And we also haven't done the podcast in like three weeks. So a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, this is back to quarantine days. We yeah. had to do a couple of these, right? Making sure we're not getting COVID. You still haven't gotten it. You guys, you still got the animanti- adamantium in your blood. I, uh, I, don't know I am no longer, no longer special. I thought I was part of the 5%, but I am no longer. What a shame. So what do you think we've missed since we've been gone? Because it's been like a full month of just not doing the podcast together. So, Oh, buddy. There's been a lot going on. I'm watching the Sens right now. Ryan Reynolds. He might buy the Sens. He's there. He's at the game. Ryan Reynolds buying the Sens doors? Deadpool? Let's fucking go. I don't even like those movies, but now I do. I'm Let's a fan. Go, man. I'm a fan. Yeah. Please, he plays Ryan Reynolds in every movie, but it works. You're a, so handsome. What you're a, a handsome guy. You're a Twitter guy. Elon yeah. Musk basically is Twitter. Bro. That's a thing. It's, it's bad. It's <laughs> bad. He's just banning accounts. This is like a scary time, bro. He's just like, you can't, you can't have a parody account of him. You get banned. Like, you can't say a bad thing about him. You're banned. It's fucked up, man. He's going to ruin Twitter. If he ruins Twitter for me, I'm going to be upset. Do you have um, stocks tones? Because uh, if so, I am just so sorry. The world yeah. is just collapsing around us here. Doesn't it feel, me and Elise were talking about this. Like, it doesn't it feel, this is, this is depressing to start off a podcast, but it feels like the world is just like Giving hanging up. by a thread. <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like all it takes is one one thing, and that's it. It's over for everybody. Do you, I, I give us twenty years max, and then it's all done. Do you I know? Think it's, that's it. Do you know what that one thing was that we were hanging by a thread on? I used to think it was a Trump uh, victory, but no, it was the it? podcast. As soon as we stopped doing the podcast, the world just completely fell apart and went to <laughs> shit. So it was it was falling apart long ago, buddy. But let me just long say, ago. let me just say that now we're back and we're bringing everybody the joy of this fine program and all like eleven people who listen to it regularly. Um, you know, it's just we're back. We're back in business. The world is Love right it. again. Yes, feels good, buddy. Uh, feels very good. Um, we missed some fantasy things. Yeah. Our league decided to make some trades, which yep. was a pleasure to see. A pleasure. Um, CRG has blown it up. And I just feel like hurt a little bit because I asked him for Michael Pittman and T. Higgins a couple times. Two weeks. He's telling me that, like, no, no, these guys are part of my future. Two weeks later, he trades him. Now, Brees Hall is... Tears his ACL. That is just devastating news. I was crushed to see that. Yeah, uh, absolutely destroyed one of my other fantasy teams to to have that happen. Not good. But is Higgins not a keeper for him? Like I I don't really understand the logic behind it. I mean I guess getting those picks is good, but like and Pittman's been a little disappointing. But like I don't know. Higgins is a guy I would like to keep, maybe hang on to, see what happens. Right and now Chase is hurt, so that kind of seems like a silly move, but. I'm surprised to see that he uh, totally blew it up as much as he did. All it was, but you was, talked to him, so I, I did. And all it was, or all it feels like it is, is just an evaluation of who he wants to keep moving forward. I mean, he's looking at his team and he's looking at guys like Brees Hall, Javante Williams, and he's saying 
yeah, these guys are definitely going to be keepers for me. And then he makes a swing for Najee Harris, who a guy we've talked to no end on this podcast is just not it for Ryan this year. And we know that Najee probably has better days ahead. If you're Gennaro, that's at least what you're hoping. I know that you've questioned the skill. I know you've questioned how he's looked this year. And, and honestly, man, he has not passed the eye test this year. He's looked quite bad, but bad offensive line. He's been banged up from that foot injury from the start of the year. If he can be better, he's just giving up on Joe Mixon and replacing him with a guy who's about five years younger than him, who has a long, hopefully, career left in him. So he's looking at his keepers and saying, these are my guys, I'm taking them, I'm running with them. And he's left himself absolutely no options in the meantime. If one of these guys doesn't work out or isn't ready for the start of the year next year, we're looking at Gennaro potentially being a seller again next year. These guys have to come back. Javante and Brees, they have to be healthy. They have to be good. But imagine the ceiling. Imagine the salvation you'd be doing right now. I'm salivating as in like you're drooling in the mouth. If you're Genera, thinking about these three guys at the peak of their powers being your three running backs of the future, that could be a scary but, combo. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna, I saw that deal come through, the Najee one, and I'm like, okay, this is a classic Ryan being really smart because I feel like I would have tried to do the same thing. Like, Ryan probably got the best year of Najee's career. Hmm. Najee was not that good in terms of eye test last year. I remember talking about it where like, He's just volume. He hasn't broken off a big play ever. A couple of six stiff arms. That's great for seven yards. Awesome. And he caught a lot of passes. Well, that was a totally different offense and a different quarterback. By the time I said it earlier, I think this year, by the time Najee is actually good and set up for success, it might be what, two, three years down the line. They got to get a quarterback, an offensive line. Like that takes years to build. And that's if they keep him around. Cause by that point, his rookie deals up. And are you paying a guy like that? I mean, I wouldn't, but like, maybe, I don't know, man. It just, I think that was a smart move by Ryan to just move on from him. Obviously the hindsight of this is Joe Mixon just went fucking bananas. But um, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I thought that was a really good, bold move that I'm not sure a lot of people would have made in this league. Very unemotional move by Ryan. And I applaud it for CRG. You touched on Javante. Javante's knee got destroyed, man. This is not just an ACL injury. This is like a couple other things. Our resident knee expert, Rob can chime in on this in the chat if he wants to, but like, it seems like he's not going to be right until potentially mid next season. And as we've learned now with a couple of these guys like JK Dobbins, if you're coming back and you don't have that full off season of being healthy, you can come back, re-aggravate something or aggravate something else, a hammy, an ankle or something, right? And now all of a sudden it's two lost years. And then what? The team drafts another guy. And then you never see, you never reap the fruits of your labor here with a guy like Javante. So I think CRG is playing a really dangerous game, but I mean, take shots, I guess, and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to land base somebody else. And this is a guy, this is a tough one. Okay. Cause this man, Everything he touches turns to gold, but this is a trade I did not understand. Nick, acquiring Keenan Allen for a first-round pick, along with the whole Washington backfield, which is just... I wasn't right about much this year, but Brian Robinson being fucking doo-doo water was a thing I was telling Rich back in fucking July when we first started talking about our trade, and he is terrible. Why would you want this entire backfield? I don't understand. But Keenan, he's already had two setbacks on the hammy. He's not young, so like... Is he playing at all this year? Like maybe one or two games max, I give it. And if he's playing, is he 
Keenan Allen or is he just like 70% Keenan Allen? That was a risky ass trade to give up your first for it. But I mean, I guess the counter argument is what? There's not a lot of great players to go out there and buy. I think I that's know. exactly it. It's just, it's the funny part is, is he trades Tyler Boyd who immediately like gets elevated to a starting role the next week right. as soon as Jamar Chase goes down. But that's exactly it. I think he just saw brighter days for Antonio Gibson coming up. He wanted a quarterback in Dak Prescott who he thought was going to come back, be strong and kind of lead him. Um, and Keenan obviously can't be worse than the non-factor he's been so far. So if he can be a wide receiver three or flex for Nick, a guy who frankly needs depth, and we'll probably talk about that a little later when we get to the power rankings, which we're coming back to this week. Um, But I, I just, if you have both guys in Washington's backfield and one of them gets hurt, the other guy gets elevated to a starting position, which is essentially a flex play for Nick. So he's just taking shot on the upside. And the thing is, does anyone give less of a shit about their first round pick than Nick Dotto? Of course not. (laughs) The guy just does it every year. It's a matter of who. And I bet you he made his calls and the calls didn't end up going anywhere. Um, The thing is, is a week later, we had guys like Michael Pittman and T. Higgins and Brandon Ayuk on the move. So I just thought that was very funny and interesting. But um, I think Gennaro decided really quickly he was going to be a seller. And if Nick made his calls, he didn't get there on time the same way that you didn't. Christian made his calls. He made three trades uh, in the same night, the same way that I did once upon a time. Um, And so I understand how you don't like Keenan. I understand how you don't like the Washington backfield. But Nick's just looking at it like, I need to get as much depth as possible to be able to compete with some of the big boys. And I mean, what are we going to say? He's in first place right now. I know. I know. Who am I, right? Who the fuck am I to be chirping Nick? And that's why I said it off the top. I mean, everything he touches turns to gold. I'm sure Keenan Allen's going to come back and be a fucking league winning 20 point per week monstrosity. And I'll be eating my words, but I don't know. It was a puzzling one. That's for sure. Not your typical first round pick for, uh, for player kind of deal that we've seen in the past where it's an actual game changer. Um, but anyway, so I, then, I made a bad trade earlier this year. So who the fuck? What the hell am I talking about? There you go. God damn it, Clyde, well, look, you fucking loser. I traded. At for, least I knew it. At least I called that in the moment. <laughs> I traded for Michael Pittman. Genera gave me the option. You can have Ayuk or Pittman. He said, I don't care which one. Pick one. I chose Pittman because I thought there was more opportunity in Indy, even though they were struggling and even though the offensive line was bad and they were making a switch to a quarterback who, frankly, I hadn't seen in action yet. I just chose Pittman because I thought that there was more potential for him to succeed. And then what happens a week later is Christian McCaffrey gets traded to San Fran. I'm like, oh good, this is less for Ayuk to eat. But my God, the fucking Colts look like they're absolutely horrendous. And like I said, like I said before, there's only one guy who I trust to catch the ball there, but maybe no one catches the ball there. No, maybe no one, man. Some teams are just lost it's just a lost season and yeah. that's what the Colts are they're over under win total this year I stared at it for a long time was like 11 <laughs> isn't that crazy it was like one of the higher ones and I was I like the roster yeah I like Frank Reich he gone yeah crazy man it's crazy how quick things can just go sour when you have a shitty quarterback anyway so how about we get some, into here I was gonna say how, how about before we get into the matchup some big things from football that we've missed since we've been gone we talked about some silly things like Elon and Ryan Reynolds but Let's get to a couple things that we just want to briefly touch on since the podcast has been off. And this one you brought up before we went to air, and I thought that this was amazing. Is this the most competitive year that we've ever had in the history of the Holman Dick League, this being year nine? What do you think? Yes. Yeah. No question. No question. I mean, I, I know we say it every year, but like... This is fucked. The standings right now are absolutely insane. There's a seven and two team. There's 
three six and three teams. There are four four and five teams, and there's two just dog shit teams that we won't need to talk about. But like, that is crazy. And in a way, it stresses me out because I'm right in the thick of that four and five group. But in another way, this is what the league should be. Right. I love this. This is great. There should be competition for the six seed. There should be competition for the bye weeks. It shouldn't just be like last year was an amazing run by Ryan. It was awesome. He deserved the chip. It was great. From a entertainment perspective as two guys that do a podcast with a silly league, it was boring. Like it was just like we're trying to fabricate reasons as to like why Ryan might not win. And it's just silly. And this year, truly this year, anybody can win it. And that goes from one all the way down through eight at Rob. I could see anything happening. If Rob gets chased back and uh, fucking Debo back, all of a sudden, man, that's a six seed you don't want to play. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know, man. This is a fucking crazy season. It's awesome. It's awesome to see. And to add on and how I agree with you is the fact that Dan being the sixth seed, if you look at all the guys above him who have more points for than him and who have a better record than him, Dan is trending Again, going to the power rankings, which we'll touch on later, in the right direction. And this was, when we get to it, we'll explain, the most difficult power rankings that we have ever done since we started doing them before this podcast was even a real podcast. It was impossible to figure out one through six. And honestly, even kind of one through seven, just trying to figure out where guys slot. So yes, I'm with you. This feels like the most competitive league year ever. Any of the top four teams could be a buy team right now. Um, and the best part about all this is let's just look at my schedule as an example the rest of the way. I've got, among others, there's five games remaining in the regular season. I've got Ryan, Dan, Franco. That doesn't sound very Oof. easy. Look at Nick's remaining schedule, among others. Dan, Franco, we'll draw the line there. You, but I'm not really sure which direction we're going in with you right now. How about a guy like Neither do I, pal. How about a guy like Mike, Dan, and Franco? A lot of these guys are going to end up playing each other on their way to whatever happens over the course of the next five weeks. And I, I just don't know how it's going to play out. If I had the crystal ball and you told me the answer, I wouldn't be surprised in any way if any of the top six teams in the standings right now end up being a bye week team, including Dan at four and five who could win out, by the way, <laughs> oh, yeah. I-, I wouldn't be surprised. So right now, it's just such crazy, a crazy, bro. crazy position. What else you got for us right now? Uh, what did Dan do and how did we get here? Yeah. What the fuck did Dan do and how did Dan wow. get here? Dan- what a turnaround. Dan was just sitting there looking at some of the guys on his roster tones and just saying, I think I've got a good enough core. Oh, wait, I just put up 130 points in a week. Fuck it. I'll buy why not? What's happened since? He's rattled off four straight wins. We'll get to his totals when we get to his matchup to explain a little more. But essentially, you lose five in a row, and then you win four in a row after buying. Um, made a couple good waiver wire pickups. It's insane what's happened since the last time we jumped on this pod. It's incredible. I, I remember him and I, and I don't remember if it was before or after his first win. It must have been before because I think I was still here. Mm-hmm. Um we were talking trade or something and I was asking him about a player and he was like, nah, nah, nah I'm just going to hang on to him. He's like, man, like, oh no. Yeah. I think it was the first win because he beat me. And he was like, I, I kind of like my team, man. Like I might try to like get back in this race and like, see if I can get it. And I'm like, dude, looking at your roster and going against it, you absolutely should. This team is good. Like, 
And it's just such a good example of like, we are all results based in our league specifically, but that's just how fantasy is. Like sometimes you just got to throw out the record, throw out the points for points against who's snake bit, who's lucky, who's not. What does your team look like right now? Because they evolve so much for the most part. Like sometimes you get a team like yours that's remained relatively healthy. A team like Franco's, I remember a couple of years ago where he just did not have a single injury. Like sometimes you get those anomalies, but for the most part, there's a lot of moving, there's a lot of shaking, there's a lot of waivers that are happening, and things change very quickly. And I don't know. This is like Dan is such a prime example of that. He's giving me hope. He's giving me hope, but also he's the guy I got to beat. So fuck Dan. Not good. Dan and I were anyway. having a discussion about Raheem Mostert and Ramondre Stevenson. I didn't want to give him a first round pick, but I was willing to go there. When, when we finally got there in one night, I just completely punted. I'm like, fuck it. I'll give you that first for Ramondre. I don't want to do it. I think Damian Harris is going to play a factor. I'm overpaying and I know it. And here's what I'll do. I'll give you a first and we'll, we'll put these players in. I'm giving them a young player as well. Cool. We finally got there after a day and a half of, of going back and forth. And what does he say? Sounds exhausting. What did he say? Fuck it. No deal. He's off the table. I'm buying. <laughs> Love and it. an hour Love later, it. Christian Gennaro puts through three <laughs> trades, which wow. included the trade of Javante for Pittman, which included the trade of Mixon for Najee. And in one night, the league changed like crazy. And it was honestly the craziest night of trades that we've ever had. And the chat went yep. bananas. It was one of, the, one of the most fun nights to just be a, a part of the chat, considering what, what happened. And, and yeah, Dan just... He just made a call, and, and I think it's going to pay off for him in, in one way or another. But yep. uh, Tones. It's good to make the right reads. Who's the better Dotto in 2022? In life or fantasy or just good looks? Why don't we go with fantasy? Fantasy. Ooh, well, it's definitely Nick. Is that even a debate? Considering Mike's team. We're going to get into it. I don't know. Mike's team, bro. I don't know. We'll get in. I keep saying it. Why don't we? Yeah, why don't we'll we, get why into don't we do it. This. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Nikki D. There. Well, let me give you another. Mike's a very handsome guy. Let, though. let me give handsome. you another quick hitter. Why hasn't Rob sold yet? Oh, because Rob's got big cojones, <laughs> and I like him. <laughs> nah, you know what? It's good. And this is like this is this is like a thing I was thinking about. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I hate. This is the problem, and this is something that I've thought about. I'm like, do we just go to a four-team playoff format? Because I'm sick of the. There's four sellers and then there's six playoff teams and we know them by like week eight and the rest of the year is just a fucking cake. Like, no, entertain me. Let's go. So I hope Rob stays in the fight. I hope Rob stays in the fire. I wouldn't mind seeing him buy and say, hey, Debo might be coming back. Chase might be coming back. Let's fucking get after it. He now is a sick quarterback. Like, this is great. Like, I I want this shit to happen. He's four and five. He's in that mix. Yeah. Anything can happen. Keep it going, Rob. I think what you Keep just the faith, baby. What you just described is we need to get to twelve teams at some point in the future. Yes, we and do. it's just honestly been a matter of the fact that we can't necessarily trust anyone to be as involved as we would want them to be if they were to enter yeah. this league because it's just not going to be the same. It's just not going to have the same kind of pop as we have with ten guys, depending on who comes in. We've had one guy turn over in nine years, so um you know what? I'll volunteer myself. I'll have a second team. That way there'll be two selling teams guaranteed every single year for you guys. All right, here you go. Quick 10 second story about how my dad joined a Formula One pool with us this year and he decided to put in two teams. He was the only guy who put in two teams and there were 13 total teams in this pool. He is currently last and third last. So Tom, oh, I don't think the second team is necessarily going to buy you a little more uh, 
a little more juice. Max Verstappen! And speaking of teams, before we go any further, and I promise everybody we're getting to the matchup soon, congratulations on winning the 2022 first ever inaugural NFL Survivor Pool. Oh, baby. Great job. Yeah. You, Let's you go. You won a thing. Should have held out for the extra money. Yeah. But it's okay. Happy to split with Vanessa, but it was good. Yeah. Very, uh, very fun. I was happy to, happy to get a dub. I've won that. I won, the, like, wasn't there, like, a Super Bowl or, like, didn't Mike organize, like, a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like a props thing one year. Yeah, I won that. I win all the things that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I want to win the fucking trophy doors. I would argue. They, just, they don't let me. I would argue that $660 is a nice thing to win, but I do understand. I'll you, definitely You want it. that trophy. Um, the last thing I want to point out, big thing since we've missed. Tones, when did you become fantasy football cursed? Did you ever touch the trophy <sighs> without me knowing it? Did you jinx your future, uh, jinx your future success? Like... Your thoughts on the matter? I, uh, so on July 12th, 1992 at around, uh, I think it was like four something in the morning. Oh, happy birthday. Right, right out the womb, man. That was it. My, my, I was cursed right then and there. I don't know what I did, bro. I've never touched that trophy. I'm going to touch it I now because this is enough. This is, I might spit on it. I might give it a oh. fucking hip check. Okay. I might do something great. Like I need to show that trophy that I'm not afraid of mm. it. And that you don't control me, you stupid piece of crap. Yeah, that's that's what I'll do it. I'm I might sure. do something, do something crazy. I might do something crazy. Uh, and the final, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll win it. Maybe I'll win it. <laughs> maybe. It's not over yet. It's not over maybe. yet. The final thing I want Probably to point not. out, tones, things we've missed. This actually just happened. Kickers are now getting blurbs frequently written about them on Yahoo. How do you feel about that? What? Yeah, they've got get the fuck out of here. They've got news and notes now. I had a note from Ryan Suckup, and then I went to Tyler Bass, and then I saw a bunch oh of people. Oh my god! How many? Why? Because kickers probably feel left out. Maybe the kickers went and put a petition to Yahoo and said, "We feel no. underprivileged, underassociated." Well, when we kick out kickers from this stupid ass league, we're gonna fucking they'll feel really underappreciated. That is so stupid. Imagine being the poor schmuck that has to write those things as I wrote a world. That's 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 tough. the intern job. Uh, like, what do you write? Like, so like fucking like here, I'm pulling up Daniel Carson. So you booted a 38 yard field goal. Next week he plays this team. I guess we'll see what happens. I don't fucking know. Like what a stupid, give me a break. So dumb. It's a bad one. It's a bad one. Um, I feel way too strongly about that. All right. Let's do matchup stories. Let's go. Go ahead. Jump into it, Tones. Let's start it off with Ryan defeating Nick. This was a doozy. Six and three is Ryan's record now. Nick is now seven and two. The solo first place team, but he took the L, 150 to 110. It was a big week that was needed for Ryan. He was averaging only 110 points over the last three weeks, which is not very good. But I think the headliner here that we got to get into before we actually talk players and shit, Nick's team name changed, Doors. Yeah. I hate it with a raging passion because the fridge was perfect. It was It was a franchise. This is like changing your team name to like, the football team. And I know there was other reasons for it, but like, it's kind of like, okay, like I get it, but like, no, no, don't, tones, no. tones. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. The fridge was iconic for a really long time. I understand that, but you can't judge the new book just based on the old cover. Come on, tones, gritty gang. And he's got the whole, he's got the whole art going there too. The guy's seven and two, his favorite player on the whole squad is, is representing him on the, on the, on the photo there. I like it. I don't think it's fair for you to judge him that way, but we have to do this now. You have to give him trophy emojis. How many out of five are you giving him? 
I'll give them like, cause it's actually not horrible. I just liked the old one so much better. I'll give it like three out of five. Okay, that's good. And I will, what say you? I will give it a four out of five because there's a lot of good stuff four. going on there. Yeah, I, I will. Wow. I, I really wow. enjoy it. That's generous. I think it's a great time. All right. um, Nick's team, a little human this week, Tones. Will the power yeah. rankings reflect that? We shall see. However, Ooh. it's really important to note the guys he had on the buy this week. He had McCaffrey and Nick Chubb, both who could give him anywhere from 40 to 60 points combined on any given week, um, both on a bye. So we saw what McCaffrey did to me last week in the first game since he's been traded with 36 and a half fucking points, getting touchdowns in every possible way. I'm not mad. It's fine. Um, But Nick could have kept up with Ryan, maybe not to the 150 mark. Um, If these guys were on his roster, they were not. He loses. He's now seven and two. Um, yep. We'll get them back next week. I, uh, Nikki, right in time to play tones. Oh yeah. Great time. No, I'm going to beat his ass, man. It's going to be great. Good. This is the run. This is the start of the run here. Love it. Um, Love to hear it. I, I got a, I got a chirp our league. Okay. Sure. How the fuck did we let this man just go out and get Dion Jackson for free? And I'm looking at Richard Ben because Richard Ben has Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has been in and out of practice for the last two or three weeks it comes out on Wednesday that Jonathan Taylor is not practicing today. He's not at practice. Eyes emoji. Oh, my God. And I go, and I'm like, fuck. I think I've used three out of four moves. I need that fourth move for uh, like some bullshit to fill up my roster. Because Oh, yeah, because Brandon Cooks really fucked me over. So I needed to wait for that one. Anyway, I'm going, I would love to pick this guy up. And I'm going, sitting there going, is anyone going to do it? Anyone going to do it? Hello? Hello? Four hours later, I get the notification, Nick grabs it. I go, of course Nick does, of course. This guy had 10 fucking catches and like 24 points, fantasy, 23 fantasy points the last time he started against Jacksonville in week six. Now, this was a tough matchup against New England, so I wasn't expecting much. And he had the injury scare, like he went down, it looked like a bad knee injury. He came back, he's all good. If Jonathan Taylor misses significant time coming down the stretch here, which it looks like he will, This kid is going to be a thing. They traded Naheem Hines. Is no one paying attention? Like, this is the dude, man. Like, and Nick, we just let him have him. Like, we all, like, this is the skill versus luck thing, you know? This is not lucky. This is him taking advantage of our stupid ass league. (laughs) And I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad. I'm mad. Why, like, why are we letting him have it? Rich gets his handcuff every single year and he doesn't go and grab Deion Jackson? Come on. What are we doing? What are we doing? Is Rich just a little tuned out right now because he's he is where no. he is in terms of the, the the standings? No, he's dialed. Do you think he's dialed right now? Rich Rich loves football. He does. So no, I don't buy that. I would be surprised if he told me that. Maybe you're right, but I would be surprised. I would be surprised. That is fair. And no bye week for Deion Jackson until week 14. He's got Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Dallas among the others on his uh, on his schedule week right now. Four- is that a playoff week? No, week 15 is the first playoff Ooh. week, so just beforehand. Yeah, it's just it's very bizarre that with the extra um, regular season game now, they're just pushing everything back so far. But um, yeah, so a very, very spry and not too overworked Deion Jackson is going to be getting some work over the next four weeks before the bye and comes back right in time for week 15 if Nick needs him against Minnesota in the quarterfinals. Right now, Nick's in a bye, so he may not, but... Um, yeah, of course he picked him up. Tones of whatever the fuck else is new. There's no surprise here. What a joke. Thing. So mad. Absolutely no wish, I wish Brandon Cooks didn't fuck me so I could have fucking picked him up, but whatever. Um, as we shift... 
tones to Ryan's side of things. It is now time to very clearly and obviously announce our Greg Jennings Performer of the Week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. Has there ever been an easier one than this? Joe Mixon with 211 total yards, five, count them, five touchdowns for 53 fantasy points. Holy shit, man. It was electric factory. It was all Joe Mixon, especially with no J- Jamar Chase there. It was it was a Joe Mixon show. It was beautiful to watch. Uh, remember when I thought he was washed like five weeks ago? Again, this league this year in the NFL in general is just yeah. very confusing and very hard to predict. What a week. My favorite part about the Mixon performance is that the moment Christian Genera trades Mixon away, Mixon <laughs> then turns around after three years on Genera's team and says, free me, and goes on to have his best fantasy day in the history of his fantasy football career. I didn't even think of that. That's incredible. Classic. CRG just pulling <laughs> off all the wrong moves this week, this year. That's just tough. First the fucking Kenneth Walker thing. Now this. Unbelievable. Um, Cooper Cup. No signs of injury. There was a bit of a scare. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. I think it was last week. Eight for 127 and a touchdown. Uh, very good signs there. I'm sure a big sigh of relief. If I mean, if Cup goes down, then jam done for Ryan. You know what well, I mean? That's that's tough. Scenes, well, I'll take but. it a step further, Tones. If Cup goes down, jam done. But what if Cup stays healthy and it's Matt Stafford who goes down? Because that offensive line, if you've been watching the Rams, has been absolutely oh, yeah. shambolic in terms of their state. Um, Cup has been getting all sorts of work. So I think there's chances that Cup gets nicked up again, but he's been staying relatively healthy ever since he had that breakout at the beginning of last year. And here's the thing, man. Stafford has looked really bad throwing to anyone not named Cup at times. And I think it's because he's banged up and I think he's going to keep taking hits. So I don't think Ryan has to just be worried about the health of Cup. I think he has to be worried about what happens if that starting quarterback and all of their brunches goes into the toilet. Because I don't know who Matt Stafford's backup is, but I'm sure it's a schlub who doesn't have the same chemistry as Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. We saw him play recently and I forget the name. But anyway, I actually don't think it'll be that big a deal because I feel like even whoever the backup is, the wide receiver one, especially when it's a get open all the time slot guy, he's going to get fed because that's, hey, I'm a shitty quarterback. I need to look decent. This guy's going to help me look decent. So I actually think like it could just be a target bonanza for whoever the backup is there. So I, don't, I actually don't think it'll affect him all that much. To be No honest. breakfast, no bueno. That's how I'm playing this one. Okay. If you're not having hey. breakfast together, it's just, it's not going to work. And also it's John Wolford is the backup. That's it. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew he had like a goofy, like Game of Thrones style name. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Sorry, House of Dragon, which people are calling Hot D, which is fucking <laughs> hilarious. The last thing I want to say about Ryan Tones is to shout out Austin Eckler. Um, this guy's mm. first three weeks, we were all over him. Nine points, 13 points, nine points. Since then, 31, 33, 19, 30, and 20. The guy's been absolutely unreal. Do you know where he sits in terms of the RB ranks right now? I am just pulling it up, which is why I'm kind of stalling for time. But I believe he's got to be the number one, no? I know he's number one, like, non-QB in overall, like, fantasy points per game. Per game. Which is kind of wild, like, as an average thing. Um, Now, he's had three 30-point games in the last, since week four, so that helps. I've got it. It's Eckler is number one overall RB. Wow. Six points behind him, Derrick Henry. 
four points behind so this Henry is, is Nick Chubb. This is the wild thing about this season, okay? And this is the Eckler thing. You mentioned the first three weeks. First three weeks, there was no touchdowns for Eckler. Ever since then, he's had a touch, at least a touchdown every single game. Touchdown for a lot but of the guys yardage, in the first three weeks, but right. Yeah. And this is how kind of bad the running back landscape has been this season, yeah. where the bar is kind of low. Like Eckler has not put up huge yardages. He's pretty much had one on the ground, one hundred and seventy-three yard game, which is nuts. His highest after that is sixty yards. That's it. That's your RB one on the season. Now, I know there's a lot of receiving stuff that Yahoo will not show me on this particular computer because reasons, but like I know the receiving yards has just been like the standard, here's your 50 yards, whatever, right? And like that offense is a total shit show, but when they get in the red zone, it's all Eckler. And it's kind of weird that the overall RB1 we're calling touchdown dependent. Like that's bizarre. Like he is not even on track to have a thousand rushing yards right now. What's so f- is the RB one overall? What's so funny about so that weird. is the flip side because the number two in Derrick Henry, who's six points behind Austin Eckler as the overall RB two, his last six games, like two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns on the ground, over a hundred yards rushing in each of those last five games, including a two hundred and nineteen yard rushing game. So completely different guys, both bringing a different skill set to the table, obviously, and and succeeding. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been a weird RB landscape. We've known that. But honestly, Tones, the guys who are top six in the league right now, Eckler, Henry, Chubb, Mixon, McCaffrey, Barkley, I'm not all that surprised about the names on that list. Not it's surprising. just a matter of how they're doing no. it. Yes, correct. correct. Let's move on to Rob, who wins a game. Rob defeats CRG. Rob is four and five. Genera falls to three and six. This one was such a shitty matchup. 76 to 71 the final they would have lost to anyone else in the league and they played each other so Janera's now lost six in a row he started the season three and oh there's an alternate universe here tones in which Janera doesn't even win a single game this year let me explain we talked about this after week three and you were so rattled about this because you were getting fucked on the points for or the points against I'm sorry Janera in week one wins with 109 In week two, he wins with 103 points scored. And in week three, he wins with 98 points scored. There is a world in which he plays a different guy in those three weeks, and he loses each and every one of those and would be 0 and 9. He would have made the sale a lot earlier if that was the case. But anyway, this is where we are with Christian Gennaro as he trends towards the bottom of the league. Shame. Uh, Very big shame. Doris. Would you have started Justin Fields or Tua this week? I would have started Tua this week. Interesting. I would have started Fields. And I know that's not hindsight. Fields has been the QB1 over the last month. Even going into this week, I think he was like the QB3. He's been amazing. And that matchup against Miami is a chef's kiss. Shootout written all over it. I've been getting, doing pretty much average in NFL betting this year. This week, I had a pretty good week. This game was my number one. It was like the 45-point over-under. I'm like, what? Yeah. That is way too low. I love Fields in that game. Didn't start him. Now, listen, Tua put up a respective 24 points this week. Let's give the man some respect, yeah. even though he's still under three. He's just throwing punts out there, man. Every fucking deep shit ball is underthrown. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. He's got two of the um, fastest guys in the league, so I'll just I'll leave that hanging out there. But Hit a guy in stride, and then I'll believe in you, Tua. Fuck. Making us lefties look bad. Anyway, um, 
He's six and he's six and zero, oh and he's starting and finishing games. What the who the fuck am I? Um, but Fields, man, I, I love it because I love Fields. Like I've defended this guy for the last couple years. Yeah. He's just been. I put it in the chat. Like he's just been set up to fail completely. This guy was an elite prospect even back in high school. It was him versus Lawrence through high school, then through college. It was really fun to kind of keep track of. And I love that this guy's doing what he's doing, man. It's so fun to watch that touchdown run. He rattled off was absolutely incredible. 42 points out of this guy. Who's he got this week? Detroit. Detroit. Oh, woo! put him in there, Rob. Don't even think twice, buddy. Absolutely awesome, man. It's awesome to see. So because of what you just said is the reason why I went started Tua. It's just because it was going to be a shootout and I'll take the quarterback who I have trusted a little more in terms of the overall scope of their offense. Not necessarily the quarterback himself. I know both these guys have had question marks beside their names for a couple years now. I just thought that Miami was going to put up like 30 points on Chicago this week which they did, I just didn't know that Chicago was going to keep pace every single step of the way and that Fields was going to continue doing what he has been doing. So I would have started to, I would have been wrong just as Rob was. I, and I forgot to stipulate the rushing was the tiebreaker for that shootout for me because two is not rushing. He's fucking got a mushy head still like, you know, he shouldn't even be fucking playing, yep. but the rushing is the difference. Right. And, and that's why I would have leaned Fields. But yep. yeah, Tua was not the wrong play. But listen, 70, when you put up 76 points and leave 42 on your bench, yeah. that's a tough look. That's a tough look. Speaking of a guy who's going to be on his bench for a while, if he sticks around, Tones, is Romeo Dobbs, uh, receiver for the Packers. So Rob has been starting Stupid, this guy. Man. Yeah, I want to throw this to you a little bit here because Rob has been putting this guy in his lineup every week. He's been healthy since probably week four after he had 17 against Tampa Bay. Um, there are no pass catchers, so to speak, in Green Bay. Rob's trotting this guy out. Is this, do you feel, a loss for Rob? How how are you on the Dobbs uh, injury here? I don't like Dobbs. I didn't like him coming into the NFL draft. I didn't think he was very good. Um, I didn't understand why Rob was just like locked into starting him every week. I just thought that was such a weird thing. And I think there's a little bit of a mental and I, and I kind of did this with AJ Dillon and I finally dropped him where I'm like, Oh, but he's in the Aaron Rodgers offense and you know, he's going to get work and eventually somebody has got to emerge there. Rodgers is washed. That team plays horrible offense. It's horrible. And I dropped Dillon because I just sit there and I'm like, I just don't want to watch this team anymore. I don't want to watch. They're just so unfun to watch. Yeah. And I fucking hate Rodgers. I always have. It's obviously an amazingly talented player. But like him just throwing hissy fits after every fucking overthrown ball like makes me crazy. Like enough. So Romeo Dobbs being on your starting roster for as many weeks as he has been is actually been, I think, a detriment to Rob's team. So losing him is kind of good, I think. No? Yeah, I think... Um, Rob has been really um, attached to some of his guys this year, and we'll talk about Kyle Pitts briefly in a second. That's kind of a different story, though. I just mean in terms of roster turnover. Like, sometimes you have a team where guys are really good and you feel stuck, and I feel like I've been in this position where a lot of the guys I don't want to turn over. I don't want to turn over my George Pickens or my Traylon Burks. I want to keep these guys and see what they become. I think Rob's been feeling that way with Dobbs, but the thing is, he's never really looked all that good. 
I think Rob has held him for so long because of the opportunity that he could have in an offense that features what might be a previous version of Aaron Rodgers. I think, like you said, this is addition by subtraction. This allows Rob to move on and get a player on his team on waivers, spend some of that fab to acquire a guy who actually might contribute. The question is, as waiver starts to thin and guys keep dropping like flies, I don't know who that guy's going to be, but there's a couple guys on waivers no, this receiver week. receiver is we'll brutal, see. bro. Yeah. Receiver is brutal. Yeah. I just dropped Mike Thomas, Tones. So, you know, that's where we are. Yeah, but he's out for the year. That's true. I'm just saying. That's where we are in terms of the injured receiver landscape right now. Oh, These yeah, guys yeah. keep dropping yeah. like crazy. Um, right. Moving on to Kyle Pitts, because we mentioned him briefly. I don't know how many times we're going to do this. I, I say every time that we're not going to, but we haven't talked about him in three weeks. It was a 16-point week prior to this, and it's a three-point point, three point week this time around. Kyle Pitts, like, you don't cut him, but you can't start no. him, can you? But I think you can. But, like, this is this is the same argument that you just made about Dobbs. This is the type of guy... You just leave in your lineup if you if you have to, right? Yep. Because he's actually talented. That's the difference. Yep. He passes the eye test. The problem is the offense just sucks balls and they just refuse to pass the ball. And you're not dropping him because I still think he's in keeper contention going forward. But he's got Kasiki on in there now. He just had one catch for three yards. But like I, I do think like maybe just stash him on your bench and like you just know he's like a bench keeper. You know what I yep. mean? Like these are the types of guys you stash. The Dobbses of the world. You mentioned like Traylon Burks. Like what are you getting out of these guys? Like they're just not like they're in shitty offenses and they're rookies. And like is Rob really going to keep Romeo Dobbs over like DeAndre Hopkins, Kyle Pitts, Saquon Barkley, Jamar like Chase, even Samuel. Jerry Judy. I'm missing someone. Oh, Garrett Wilson. He has a better rookie wide receiver on his team. If he really wants to keep a rookie wide receiver, there's your guy. What's the fucking point in Romeo Dobbs? Like, uh, it's just silly to me. But Pitts, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Uh, the talent's obviously there. I, I, the touchdowns will not be I'm there. I'm thinking redraft. Um, but it is what I'm it is. I'm thinking redraft for a second and sort of cut you off. I don't want to spend too much more time on Pitts. But the one thing I want to say is in redraft, Pitts was a top, I want to say anywhere from a high pick would have been 15, 16. In terms of overall pick, low pick would have been what yeah. thirty-five to forty. In terms of draft, I think capital. he was going. I think he was going around the third round. So let's call him the thirtieth overall pick. Let's say if you have the snake, you're picking him with that third pick. Yeah. Okay. I. I the, how do I say this? No one who drafted Kyle Pitts will be in a fantasy football championship this year. Correct. You know what I mean? Because Correct. if you happen to have a first round player that didn't hit. Let's say you took a guy like, I don't know, in the second round, maybe a guy like Leonard Fournette in the second round, and then you come around with a guy like Kyle Pitts. And I'm sure you've seen these pictures floating around on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. The, I can't yep. believe I drafted this team team, and it's like top seven picks are all complete losers. Kyle Pitts is one of those guys that you drafted expecting him to be such a good player, but you also drafted him in that tight end spot. And you can't even cut bait with him because you've had to hold him for this whole time and start him, and he gives you essentially nothing every week. So it's just yeah. kind of like an experiment in my brain to say, like, I don't know if Kyle Pitts will be on any championship-winning rosters this year. No, because he's been, probably won't be on any playoff teams, really. Right. One of the biggest disappointments we've, we've seen coming out of uh, a spot that he had to be in at a position at such a premium that you passed up other positions on, like, Anyway, I, that's why I that's why early tight end and like keeping tight ends 
always just freaks me out a little bit. Like, I obviously know the benefits. If it works out, I mean, you're you're fucking laughing. But when it doesn't, yeah. it just it really fucks your whole season. And like, yeah, it just makes me nervous. That's such a good example of like, man, you just hope that it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, anyway. Uh, so Doris, Rob's in this four and five group. Yeah. He wants to compete. I do know that. He is in a tough spot though. How do you sell when you're four and five and you're theoretically tied for a playoff spot and anything can potentially happen? I'm going to pull up his uh, schedule here in a second, but I'll ask you whether or not you think Rob should buy or sell. His next week is against Mike, then he goes against Nick, then he goes against you, then he goes against Ryan, then it's me to close out the season. That is a really tough next four weeks it's an easy answer and you didn't even have to pull up the schedule it's a sell he's in eighth place right now he's got the second fewest points for scored in the league right now among the fewest points against and on average and he's a math guy he's putting up 107 points a week the top teams in the league right now are putting up anywhere from 130 to 140 ish it's just not there and there aren't any signs that he's getting any better immediately. He's still a couple weeks away from Jamar Chase. He may still be another week away from Debo Samuel. These are guys that, to be honest, weren't even really contributing in his lineup when they were healthy in there in the first place. And Mm -hmm. Saquon cannot put the rest of that team on his back when the top end of the league is so good this year. And I mean our fantasy league. It's real simple. You can have league winners, and I air quote league winners because that's been a term that you and I have used a lot. The Derrick Henrys, the Christian McCaffreys. You can have those guys in the past in this league. And I think that there's a momentum shift going on this year because of how many good teams we have. You can't have a quote league winner when guys are dropping 150 on your ass on any given week. We had two guys hit 150 this week. We had another guy put Mm -hmm. up 144 and then a 135 on what was a relatively low scoring week across the board for most other teams. So I just don't think that it's working for Rob this year. I think the proof is in the numbers and I don't know what's taken so long but if you squeeze into the playoffs, cool. Who do you want in that 3v6? Dan, good luck. That's all. You mean in terms of if you're the three seed? If you're the six seed and Rob and you squeeze oh, in sorry. and you yeah, get yeah, yeah. a Dan, right, for right, example, right, right, right. in the first round. That's all. It's just there are a lot of really yeah. good teams this year. And I don't know what the what the end goal would be for Rob because based on the construction right now, it's not a championship. It's not. Yeah. yeah. That's all. Yep. I hear you. Let's move on. I hear you. We got you next, Tones. Congratulations on a very exciting, although low-scoring win because it came down to Monday Night Football. You're now four and five. Mike falls to six and three, 109 to 101. You needed 16 points from the Drake on Monday Night Football. You get 23 instead. Did you feel in the third quarter that you were going to win or that you were going to lose? And how much money would you have bet on that if you had the money to do that? I actually bet on Kenyon Drake's overs yesterday because I really liked the matchup. Going into it, I was like, I think he's going to get 16 points. I think he can find the end zone a couple times and look what happened. Um, So I was in. I I thought I I was confident. Once it, like the Saints were kind of bottling him up and then this is nerdy shit, but like Pete Werner, really good linebacker for the Saints. He, he, he goes out in the third quarter, I think it was, and all of a sudden their run game just gets grooving, and I was like, all right, this thing's sealed up. But then it was dicey, man. When it was that close, I was just getting that Jeff Wilson vibes, and I'm like, this would happen where I get lucky like 
on this, like in week four or whatever that was. And now the fantasy gods have to like balance the scales. And now I got to lose by like less than a point on Monday night football with like it seemingly being like totally locked up. Um, so I was seeing all the scenarios in my mind of how this can go bad, but this is how scared I am, man. It's fucking ugly. I totally it's ugly out it. here. I totally get it. Yeah. Happy to get the win though. Um, we had a pretty good performer in your team and one that you pegged as, I don't know, just a really smart pickup and a, a move that you wanted to make and you made up, you, you made it. It's Josh Palmer. Um, this is a guy who without Mike Williams and without Keenan Allen is just the next guy up. Albeit in an offense that isn't performing whatsoever outside Austin Eckler. But look at the volume. It's been mm. there. 12 targets the last time he was on the field. Prior to this week, 10 targets, 8 catches, 106. 14 fantasy points. Tones, you've made some decently good pickups, but Dan said that you didn't. Is that why you turned it around? <laughs> Dan, so I listened to it this morning, the podcast that you guys did a few... Uh a few weeks yeah. ago there. And Dan correctly stated it 100% right that I have made some really bad moves this season. <clears throat> Clyde. Oh my goodness. Um, I think this is kind of turning around. My bench has been my Achilles heel this year. I've had injuries and I've just not been able to fill it with guys. I didn't hit on any guys like Dylan Edmonds, like none of those dudes hit like Bateman gets hurt and he fucking gets hurt right away, which is really frustrating after having a sick start to the year. So I had nobody to come in and like there weren't enough injuries in the NFL yet to like really like beef up the waiver wire. So I was stuck and I was like, fuck, this is frustrating. But now I kind of think I'm rounding out my bench in a nice way. Palmer's a good example in just terms of like I got this guy for free. He's the handcuff essentially to Mike Williams. Let me grab him. I go get Kenyon Drake for eight bucks. He just bought me a W. Deontay Foreman, uh, I think will be good. He had a terrible week this week in a game that just got way out of hand early. So he got game scripted out. I'm excited about Wondell Robinson. Um, I took advantage of a guy like Ryan who has a really good team that dropped, had to drop a really good player. And I'm like, cool. Thanks. I was the only one that bid on him. Can't believe that DPJ bro. Donovan Peoples Jones has very quietly been like the wide receiver 13 over the last four weeks. Yeah. And it's like, no one cares. And then Deshaun Watson's coming back in a couple weeks. I think he's going to be his like Will Fuller. So it's like, okay, let's maybe things can keep afloat until maybe some of my guys come back. Maybe that's wishful thinking. You tell me. I don't know, man. Like maybe I'm just too close to it. I don't know, you, man. This is fucking all so frustrating. No, I'll, I'll keep it brief. You correctly stated that your bench was a huge problem for you, probably looking back to like week five or so. Um, you ended up making a move to get – a uh, guy who was supposed to be a big guy for you and Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't work out. In fact, just on Clyde, now we're, that I'm quickly on that thing, he put up 21 points in week four. You acquired him. Since then, he has accrued a total of 19 total points over four weeks, yep. which didn't even hit that week four total, which sucks. However... Do you remember I said DJ Moore flashbacks? Yeah, you, you, you did say this that. This is exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And I knew, I knew he wasn't going to be 21 points. I was just like, get me 10. Yeah. Just get me fucking 10. Yeah. And he's getting me three. Like, awesome. But anyway, you, you, sorry, you have correctly you stated that you've, you've redone, you've remodeled your bench. And the best part about it is, is you're going to get Marquise Brown. You're going to get Mike Williams back. These guys are going to be in your starting lineup at some point. And guys like Josh Palmer, Mac Hollins, and Kenyon Drake, when they lose their jobs, will not have to be in your lineup because you have the reinforcements coming. And by the way, and as we pivot to the kind of the negative side of things, I suppose, DeAndre Swift, because there are two scenarios mm. here panning out for DeAndre Swift. 
One of them is, I think he got like two rushes compared to 27 for Jamal Williams this week. So is he resting to be good later? Or are the Lions shittiness once again going to say, hey, DeAndre Swift, just take a fucking seat, RIP the dream, and DeAndre Swift is out for you right now? Because if that guy was RB1 talent, that elevates your team to a level that they are not at right now. But we don't know what the next, I would say, four weeks will hold for DeAndre Swift. We don't know what his ceiling is, and we hardly even know what his floor is. So how do you feel about Swift? How do you feel about your team if you want to keep it nice and tight? And what's going on right now behind the scenes in the locker room? Swift, Swift, uh, the Swift thing is an RIP. This seems like a lost season for him. It's highly unfortunate. What can you do? Injuries, you can't predict them. You can't do anything about yeah. it. I'm, I was ready to like, I benched him this week. It broke my heart. I was like, I'm starting Kenyon Drake and I'm starting Deontay Foreman over him. Swift's still like in fucking half, he played half the snaps and in very minimal touches, still put up like 40 yards on like no touches. And I'm like, man, if this fucking guy was healthy, this would be an absolute electric factory. Um, but I, Dan Campbell said today that they're going to get him a little bit more work. So it seems like they're slowly ramping him up. So maybe in a couple weeks, he's back to a normal workload. I don't know if, again, I think that is wishful thinking. I don't know if he's ever going to be back to that. Like he right. said a couple weeks ago, I'm not sure I'll ever be 100% for the rest of the season in terms of health. That is like, just like, fuck me, man. That is so frustrating. And that's just unfortunate, right? Like it just is what it is and there's nothing you could do about yeah. it. Um, I do think my team goes as DeAndre Swift goes. I think he was my ceiling. When I was putting up 140, 150 points at the beginning of the year, DeAndre Swift was sick. And there's a direct correlation to those numbers going down and DeAndre Swift uh, not being in my lineup. And I think that matters. But I don't know, man. I, my team is just, I keep asking you every time we're on this pod. I don't know what to do, man. I have no idea what to do. I have no clue. I'm sitting here going like, I have two injured studs in a matter of two weeks. I lost two. I basically lost my second line if we're putting it in hockey terms of like, here's Mike Williams. Here's Hollywood Brown. These were guys that are going to be putting up anywhere between 10 to 20 points on any given week um, with digs, with Hertz, who are game changers. Dalvin Cook's been really good this year, even without Swift. Okay, I can solve that one problem maybe, right? But like, I just don't fucking know what to do because I'm like, I could wait for these guys to come back. But by then, I might be, it might be too little too late. So then do I just win the consolation or try to just keep them and win the consolation and like try to get Bijan Robinson or whoever you drop or whatever? Right. I don't know. Like I've just been there before and like the competitor in me is like, fuck this, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like I said earlier, I don't want four sellers and six playoff teams in week 10. That's no fun. That's just not like, are you playing fantasy football or are you not? Yeah. And I want to play fantasy football. Anything can happen. I just beat Mike. I did not think I was going to beat Mike this week. I did not think that was going to happen. Yep. I was fully prepared to lose this week and be like, cool, I'm selling off everybody. But like, you know, man, I don't I just, Anyone? I don't know. Maybe that's just silly because Dan's team is the sixth seed. And it's like, so I got to beat Dan or I got to beat Franco, whose teams are really good. Yeah. Or I'm the seven seed, and that's just not a good place to be. I don't want to be your CRG usually. Well, the seven seed for the loser bracket is an ideal position because you'll be playing Genera or Rich in that loser bracket, ideally, if you get there. But the thing is, is what I'll say, and, and it's really hard for me to have a, a really true and honest opinion on how I feel about this considering my position versus yours. You could sell me players. I would benefit from that. 
my, uh, my heart would say one thing and my brain would tell me another in terms of the advice to give you, but I'll just spit out the facts for you instead. You lost the first two games of the season putting up 124 and 149. Those are really good numbers. You lost. You ended up starting 0-3. The last two weeks, you've won games putting up 106 and 109. There's an argument to be made that your team sitting where it is at 4-5 and five is exactly where it should be even though you sure. had that early season shitty luck. But at the end of the day, it's 114 points a week. And so if you want to buy, I think you're a madman. If you want to stay, that's a different story. Selling is a whole different thing altogether. I don't think that you are in a position that you need to sell because you have just outlined that you can win on any given week. You just beat Mike, who is a good team who had a bad week. But I don't know which advice to give you because I'm kind of caught in the middle of this situation, right? I'm just saying. It's okay, it's right? okay. You've got guys who can trust go me, off. Trust me, whatever you say will not sway. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, I, I will control my team. Like, I of don't course, really care. But I already kind of know maybe what I'm sort of going to do, but it's just very, I don't know. It's just very confusing. I hate being in this position. It's just not a fun place to be, man. You just don't know what to do. And like, I don't know. I just wish the season should have been different, man. It just should have been easier. It should have been much like off to a decent start, two and one. And now we're just buying like a maniac and let's just have some fun this year. But this has just been a grind. What has Rich, um, what has Rich anyway. done in the past when this situation happens? He just sits and he waits for next year when his really, really good keepers come back strong and healthy and then potentially wins a championship. Sure. I'm not telling you what to do again. I'm just saying it's not all lost. We'll now see. let's... We'll see let's go happens. to Mike. Yeah, we should let's talk go to about Mike for Mike one here. second. The first thing I want to mention before Enough we go anywhere is Ezekiel Elliott, who just came off a bye, is now going to play Green Bay in week 10. He was hurt before the bye week, and Tony Pollard went nuts. Here is the blurb that I saw, and I want to point it out, mm -hmm. from Yahoo, which is just hilarious, on Zeke Elliott. Quote, Elliott missed week eight with a sprained MCL, leaving Tony Pollard, Dallas's best running back, as the team's lead back. <laughs> and it's just like Yahoo this year has just gotten so savage in their analysis. And I just wanted to throw that out there before we went any further into Mike's team. Your thoughts. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love that. And they're not wrong. They are not yeah. wrong. They have joined the Zeke is washed train. <laughs> Welcome. We've been here for years. Excellent stuff. Uh, another running back to discuss, Josh Jacobs. Is he falling back down to earth? Six points last week. Ten points this yeah. week. It was looking great, but now it's just kind of like fizzling back down a little bit. The tutties haven't been there. The big yardage hasn't been there. I don't know. You're the resident Josh Jacobs expert. Is this just part of, is this just part of the Josh Jacobs experience? It or is, what? and I think that where he lands is somewhere in the middle. So is he falling back down to earth? Where on earth is he going to land? Because I think that what we saw early in the season, the 7, 8, 12 points, was him feeling it out. He didn't find the end zone. Then the offense finds his groove. He had 32, 27, 35 points, multiple touchdowns in all of those games. And then it's six and 10 points these last two weeks in bad game script situations. That New Orleans game in week eight, they lost 24 to nothing in New Orleans. What a game. A good game for you. I mean, after watching your offense last night, I don't know how you can be too excited, but... I just think that it's just a situation of he had a very positive game script for multiple weeks where he was riding high against defenses like Kansas City and Houston, who he was gashing. 
Bottom line is this. Mm. If Josh Jacobs and the Raiders have a good matchup, it seems like he'll take advantage of it. And if they don't, like week 15 in the fantasy quarterfinals against New England, I don't know how Josh Jacobs is going to perform. But the trend as it has played out so far is good game script, good game for Jacobs, bad game script, take a seat. And we've seen the Raiders be bad for many years. And that's why in my situation as a Jacobs owner, he's been scripted out of so many games in the past. So Mm -hmm. I think that you're getting something somewhere in the middle. It's not what it's been on either end of that spectrum. We'll see where he ends up landing. Yeah. I, um... It's been several weeks have gone by here now. I didn't know what to make of Mike's team three weeks ago. I still don't know what to make of Mike's team, Doris. It just seems like the biggest... I look at every single guy down this list, and with the exception of maybe Derrick Henry, it's just so boom bust. We're like, any given week, he can drop 150, and he looks like a world beater. But then he can also drop 101. And like these are the types of teams that are just so hard to predict come playoff time. Like Kyler Murray can put up 13 points. By the way, Warzone comes out this week. So <laughs> Kyler probably should, probably should bench that dude. Modern Warfare 2 just came out. He dropped 19, but he can also drop 30, right? Mike Evans is kind of just meh. It's up and down, right? Almond Ross St. Brown was amazing at the start of the year. He's probably playing hurt right now. Not ideal. DK Metcalf kind of up and down. He goes as that Seattle offense goes. Josh Jacobs, as we're learning, up and down. Henry's great. Higby just put up a zero. Aaron Jones now hurt. And fuck, I've already talked about the Packers offense. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I just, his team makes me nervous. I I love that you say nervous. Does that make sense? So I'm going to give you two, we're going to play a very quick game here. I'm going to give you two teams, Team A and Team B. Here's Team A's point total over the last four weeks. And what's going to happen is you're going to tell me which team do you want? Team A, okay. 147 in terms of points for, okay? 147, then 152, then 130, then 154. It's pretty good at a Team A, wouldn't you say? Here's Team yeah. B, 82, 139, 164, 101. Do you want Team A yeah, that's or Team B? Team, team A is Dan, Team B is Mike. And the problem is that Mike has been doing this all year long, regardless of how Josh Jacobs or Amon Ross St. Brown or DK Metcalf are doing. Because like you said, these players are all the same in that there isn't a lot of consistency to their game. I just gave you Mike's last four weeks of the season. How about his first four weeks? 99, 143, 119, 160. I can't get Mike's team to win three games in a row this season, which means in week 15, when the fantasy playoffs come, that man better have a bye week because I cannot see the situation that plays out where Mike wins his way through three games to get to the finals. I am looking through the teams right now and points for every single week as a contender to see who is up against me in terms of consistency every week. And I've identified who those teams are and I won't point them out right now. Mike is not one of them. Mm. So I know that Mike has beaten me. I lost with 107 in week seven. Mike put up 139. Congratulations, Mike. It's my one time I play him this year, and he beat me. And of course, Derrick Henry went nuts on me, but that's fine. I am looking for the guys who are putting up the consistent points every single week, and I don't see it in Mike. And yes, he will have those booms, but Tones, I understand your confusion, and that's what I'm here to say. Yeah. 
I agree with everything you just said. All right, let's get to your matchup. You defeated Rich in a surprisingly high-scoring mm-hmm. matchup. You are now 6-3. and three. You beat Rich, who's 1-8 and eight now, 135-129. Doors, you ended a two-game slide. If you're as good a team as yours and you lost three games in a row, we're truly in a absolutely backwards NFL <laughs> season. But Rich puts up a very solid number and is mad for some reason, I guess, in the chat. <laughs> like, Rich... You're supposed to be losing, bro. It's okay. But it's he, okay if you're, oh, I wish I played you guys this week. Oh, well, yeah, bud. Like, he so always like, is, <laughs> though. He, it's him and Rob, the two guys. When they're selling, they still get upset, and I think it's just their competitive spirit. Or it's it. just that they want to keep the $20 in their pocket at the end of the year. I would argue, ah. if that's what it is, what happens if we actually had a true punishment for last place? How would he be feeling then if he was losing games by a hair? It, it bothers me that you had to say I if know. there. Our league needs to step the fuck up. I don't think we draft until we have a fucking good punishment. I got to just say it. I got to call it as it is. And that includes myself. We're just soft. We're all just soft. We we don't yes. want to feel pain and suffering. There's already enough of that going on. We can't do on. any food-related things because you're going to fucking end up hospitalized. Yeah. Like, you oh, can't send Mike I'm to so Turkey because he's going to get... He can't get a visa <laughs> in again. Like, you know, it's a fucking disaster. It's a disaster. That's good. I just want to say about my matchup, Ed, before we go any further, I have the second most points for just about eight mm-hmm. to 10 behind Franco and the most points against, and I am still somehow sitting in second place, one game behind Nick Dotto and one of the three, six and three teams. I know that the fantasy gods have been crushing you for years. They are also trying to crush me. And I am just going They're to trying. give a quick little, just a little a slow clap here for my team for withstanding the fantasy gods' attempts to destroy me, at least so far. I'm sure there's plenty of time. I've had a lot of injuries this year, hey. so who knows? Have you? Yeah, I've been pretty banged up. Yeah, my team's been pretty banged up so far this year. Who? Javante? Who wasn't even starting. Andrew's this Javante out for the year. He was supposed to be the savior. Mike Thomas, never a big factor. Mike Thomas was a factor through three weeks, absolutely. Lazard has missed a couple games. He's been my flex guy. And Josh Allen, God knows what's happening. Mark Andrews, like, hello. No. And I had, I've had hopes. I would say there's like one core guy okay. there. Okay, well, well, we'll leave it there. We don't have to go back and forth on this. Javante is on your team right now. You're not starting him over Pierce or ETN. I don't want to talk about Javante. He hurts me too much. It's fine. R.I.P. R.I.P. I, Great career. It was, a, it was a brief but bright light. I, I want to talk quickly about the matchup that we have between Rich and I because I turned this yes. game on with about six or seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Um, last night for the first time. I'd come back from hockey, I turned the TV on, and I opened up the app, and I'm like, wow, Rich is two and a half points behind me. How did this happen? And the answer was staring me right in the face. Baltimore's defense had about 13 points because they were holding New Orleans to without a touchdown, and I had a whopping 1.12 points out of Taysom Hill, who, by the way, I was supposed to swap for Isaiah Likely, but... I didn't get to the matchup on time because I thought the kickoff was a 30 instead of a 15, which is a truly rookie move. Um, I Ooh. almost lost this matchup until New Orleans scored that touchdown, which is just crazy. Nearly cost me. Congratulations to Rich for putting up almost 130. What a good week from him. That's all. <laughs> That's all. RIP Jonathan Taylor. Let's bring him back down to earth. Here. Man. What a shame. <laughs> I just said lost season for Swift. It's now a lost season for JT. I mean... It seems like it's a high ankle sprain. Let's not not call it what it is. If they just keep stinking it up, they might just say, you know what, bro? 
you rest up for the rest of the year. We're tanking. We're good. We need to solve this quarterback problem. Let's let's go make sure we get a top six pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? What a shame, man. It's an absolute unfortunate thing. I want to watch Jonathan Taylor on Sundays, and we will not this year. It's really unfortunate. Now, that team, they hire... Uh, did you see this shit? Oh, yeah. The craziest hire of a, of a coach... I think I've ever seen in sports ever. Jeff Saturday, out of the blue fucking thin air, this man has never coached at any level higher than high school. And I believe his high school coaching record was three and six. And Jim Mercer is like, yo, come on in. The quotes were unbelievable. Jeff Saturday was shocked when he got the call. He's like straight up trying to tell them like, Please find someone else. And they were like, no, nah, you're but our guy. Say, Jim Mercer, bro, stay off the weed, tones. my guy. That is crazy. You don't have to say yes. You just don't. I mean, you do when they're paying you millions of dollars. I Why suppose. Not? I suppose. If you were that shocked and you are truly that unprepared, you don't have to say yes. You had a great Hall of Fame career that you played your entire career with one team. That's great stuff, man. Peyton Manning your whole life. That's good. Why would you destroy your reputation? I guess money does buy happiness, you know? Money, yeah. baby. Money, money. Um, money speaks that everything. That team is a mess, yeah. TJ Hawkinson. Oh, go ahead. Go let's ahead. talk TJ yeah. Hawkinson. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's talk yeah. TJ. You- Rich is excited about TJ. I just talked to him today about it. Nine receptions, 70 yards. I can see why. I think he's going to do really well in yeah. Minnesota. Do you think? Like, you I think agree? it's a team that has always wanted to use tight ends. It's just they've never had a guy that was good enough to use the yeah. tight ends. And I don't know if we want to call TJ Hawkinson good, but is he better than Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph in terms of a pass catcher? Probably. And when you have the guy you have scheming plays up that can get guys like Justin Jefferson wide the fuck open, um, I think this mm-hmm. is going to work out well. Nine targets, nine catches. Love to see it. All you got to see now Very is good. in the red zone, is he going to be catching touchdowns? And with his body, you'd hope the answer is yes. So I think this is a really good situation for Rich. I think this is a great situation for the Vikings. Uh, big key there is Thielen is highly washed. So he's probably the number two receiving yep. option, right? Maybe two two or three, depending on where you rank Dalvin Cook there. But I would say he's yep. number two. Yeah, very interesting. Doris, uh, you're a Miami Dolphins yes, fan. So Jeff Wilson, is he the man now? What's the deal? Uh, the sh- Another trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, the short answer is no. Jeff Wilson is not the guy now. Oh. Um, they're going to split work like crazy because you forget that the other guy that came from San Francisco and Raheem Mostert is also sitting there in the backfield. So, yeah, we got rid of Chase Edmonds, who had one of the worst efficiency ratings in terms of running oh. backs in the league this year, which tones, I'm sorry, I didn't see coming. Um, Insane. But Me it's just going to be a matter of who feels better that week and who our head coach decides he wants to go with more. This is a situation like a more efficient Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams last year in my mind. They're going to see 50-50 splits, and guess what? They're both really Mm -hmm. fast, and they're both injury risks, and they're both going to catch balls out of the backfield. So I can see them switching back and forth, one drive to this guy, one drive to the next guy. Who will have the more efficient drive? We will never know. I actually think this is a bad situation for the backfield from a fantasy perspective, I, yeah, I don't think great. you're going to know who to start. Raheem Mostert's value, in my opinion, just went down. But when he's on Dan's bench, he'll have that big week. So that's how I feel about the backfield. You want to know what the clearest sign that this NFL season is just Go out of it. whack? It is about to be week yeah. 10, and Raheem Mostert has not gotten yes. hurt yet. Wow. Round of applause for the Mustard and, Man. Good for him. And nor has it's only a matter of time. Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, Hefe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of running backs that are 
not injured and yeah. actually quite good. Travis Etienne is an absolute monster. This happened while uh, we were away here. Etienne just getting handed the backfield all to himself. I just, it made me smile. I have no shares of Etienne. I love him as a player. I think he's absolutely great. I just love when a team says, we have a really good guy and another guy that's not so good, but he's a veteran and like we got to treat him right, so we're going to give him his fucking carries. Like, no. Hand the backfield to your good players looking at you, Washington, and win football games. The Jags did that when they dealt James Robinson. Goodbye. This is now Travis Etienne's show. He had to see this basically his rookie year, right? Let's give him a month or two to kind of get his feet from under him, get him used to the speed of the NFL. Cool. Bye-bye to James Robinson. It's the Etienne show. Love to see it. Absolutely monster for you. Sick for you. I don't be surprised if ETN ends up like a top five running back overall this season. He's going to be sick, man. I certainly wouldn't Super be surprised. Good. If you're an ETN owner, if anybody listening is in another league, um, because he's mine in this league, by the way. I don't know if we established that. But um, here's the thing. The roller coaster that we've gone on since the beginning of August, personally, since I decided to keep this man, has been insane. First, Sky's the limit to the moon with Travis Etienne. This guy's going to be amazing. He's going to catch balls from from, um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. This offense is going to be much better with an actual head coach. Cool. Start the season, James Robinson. P.S. He's not washed. Oh, cool. Etienne, right to the bench. This guy can't put up more than eight points a week. He's not getting the usage. We go way down in terms of our stock, but we hold, we start him, we expect better days. And then all of a sudden, just a few weeks ago, here comes the trade. Here comes 114 rushing yards. Uh, four touchdowns in his last four games, uh, three games, sorry, and he's catching balls out of the backfield too. So it has been a roller coaster. He gets his bye in week 11, which is right smack in the middle of where you want it. He'll come back healthy for week 12. Um, very excited about him. And I'll take it a step further, Tones. I'm For the first time since Marshawn Lynch and Le'Veon Bell, I actually feel good about my backfield. Is that insane to say? Whoa, baby. It, Two it's rooks, insane eh? to say. Love to see it. They look good. Damian they look Pierce very good. And Travis Etienne have come this past week against Rich combined for 55 rushing attempts. That is not sustainable over the course of the next four years. But guess what? In the next couple, I like the fact that my young spry running backs are going to get fed nonstop for as long as they're healthy and on the field because their coaches and their teams believe in them to succeed. And so give my boys the yep. ball and let's see what happens. They're both on okay to shit teams. But the talent is undeniable. That's all I want. Just give these guys volume and see what they can do with it. For sure. Uh, Josh Allen, speaking of undeniable talent, he was terrible Sunday. He was so bad. I look up. Guy still scores 26 fantasy points. Are you fucking kidding me? What the hell, man? The guy's a cyborg. The big headliner here. We probably should have led this with you. The elbow... This is an is this is an issue, no? Like he's now apparently has like a baseball injury, potentially needs Tom. What is it? I don't know. I don't know elbow shit. It damage like to the uh, UCL, yeah. And, and yeah, you see, is that is that not Tommy John? Is that not what pitchers get Tommy John for? I believe it is. Rich will be the one to double check this one for us if and when he listens to this pod. Here's the thing. It doesn't sound as bad as a pitcher going through Tommy John, and it sounds like, if anything, they'll rest him up a week and he'll be okay. Here's the thing in Josh Allen. This is why I'm not worried. Josh Allen's like six foot 12, what a six foot 11, 100, uh, 500 pounds. This guy is the fridge of the NFL, okay? Do you 500 think, pounds? And let's, just, let's just take a step back, okay? Do you think 
that if Josh Allen feels like he can play football in any way, shape, or form, he is going to sit his ass on, a, on the bench in a year that the Buffalo Bills are trending towards being the potential Super Bowl champions. Tones. There is no situation in which Josh Allen sits on the bench for longer than the coaches say he has to. And guess what? I don't even think the coaches will say he has to. I disagree because it's an elbow. If it's an ankle, okay, cool. Tape it up. Give you some adrenaline shots. You're fine. Whatever. It's your elbow and it's your throwing elbow. If you can't throw the football, you're not winning shit. So, like, I'm concerned. Like, I have Stefan Diggs. I have a dog in this fight, too. I am concerned, man. If he has to have surgery, that's a huge fucking problem. Like, especially when it affects his long-term career. If they say, hey, if you try to play through this for still, there's still lots of season left here. We're only in, 10 week, we're only in week 10. There's still seven weeks regular season plus playoffs. That's a lot of football to be played. If they say, if you keep throwing through this, and you, you might do yeah. long-term damage to your future career and you're leaving literally a billion dollars on the table because he's probably going to get two $500 million contracts. You, you, can't, you can't do that. I don't care what your Super Bowl window is. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't. So that's my big concern there. Okay. Still have a matchup to get to. This thing's running long, buddy. All right. Dan and Franco. We're going to skip Dan. <laughs> We're going to skip him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Dan, is, Dan is four and five. Defeating Franco is also four and yeah. five. This is a big matchup. 154 to 144. Uh, Franco needed 38 points from Olave, Kamara, and Justin Tucker on Monday Night Football, but fall just short by 10 points. Dan, we've talked about it before. We're going to do it again because it's worth repeating. He's won four in a row. It's the longest streak in the league right now. He is averaging, averaging 145 points over the last four weeks. That is a holy shit number, man. Like, this guy has turned his season around in a miraculous way. I remember you went like one and five one year and then made it all the way to the finals, I finished, if I remember that's correctly. That's correct. And right? I finished six and seven um, that year and went to the finals because of a, a second half stretch. Yeah. Absolutely 100%. crazy. I highly doubt your team was oh, this no, good. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, with respect to that team, yeah. like, this is shocking. Um, absolutely fun to watch. Love that that. It's happening to Dan. He also, um, to, ex- to expand on your stat, yeah, pretty he also crazy. has the most points scored in the league in three of the last four weeks of our regular season play. Oh. Um, if you're looking at his team before he made the trades, he saw something in Tyreek Hill, the pickup of Kenneth Walker, which, by the way, if you listen to that podcast with Gennaro, wow, great was that. Just I did. Oh, that was good. I was ready to come on here and lambaste him for it, but you guys did a great job. So to go back to it, he saw something in Tyree Kill, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre Stevenson. He's like, this is a core that works. He also has Joe Burrow. He also has a couple guys on the bench that might be able to produce. So he's just like, you know what? If my team can put up enough points to compete every week, what if I added a piece or two here and there? Let's just see. And honestly, I think he was just looking at the one to six and saying, I can be six at the least. So here he is. He makes the trades. He gets T. Higgins. He gets, uh, who am I missing here? There's a bunch of guys here. Brandon Ayuk. He makes, he makes trades to make his mm-hmm. team substantially better and had, has Raheem Mostert, who, by the way, was in a starting position until a couple weeks ago. So um, the team is amazing, man. Like The numbers don't lie. There's nothing else to say about it in terms of just how good they are. Um, I think the shout-out we want to make here, and I appreciate this, of course, as a Dolphins fan, is to Tyree Kill. He's at 1,100 yards, Doris. Is that good? It's week 10. 
That's fucking crazy, man. He might break fucking, he might do, he's basically doing what Cup did last year in terms of like yardage output. Pretty nuts, man. And like I put in the chat, rumors of his demise this offseason, greatly over-exaggerated. It's so funny, man. So funny how like narratives get carried and I fell for it, man. I, I did not want any piece of this Miami um, Miami receiving core at their cost. I just felt like they were too expensive and I was avoiding Tyreek everywhere. What a huge, huge fuck up. Whoops. Like sometimes you just got to bet on good talent, man. And that's it. Like really impressive season so far. Um, this wouldn't be a return of the podcast if I don't chirp the shit out of Franco for something. Uh, Cordero Patterson comes back. He's healthy. He's playing. I'm watching games, plows in his second touchdown. I go, wow, I wonder if he started him. Not only did Franco not start the man, he's still in his IR. He had 17 points. What the fuck are we doing right now? Like, get this man in your lineup or at least out of the IR. Like, he has five bench players right now. So it's not even about, all oh, like, I just didn't want to drop a guy. By the way, you don't want to drop a guy. If that's the reasoning, Josh Reynolds has been sitting here with his whopping three points over the last three weeks. Like, you got a guy to drop, man. What are we doing here? Like, Gabe Davis is a fucking jabroni out here. You'll never know when to start that guy. Like, what are we doing? Like, get this guy in your lineup. Leonard Fournette's role is rapidly decreasing. He looks super bad. We have not talked about it enough. He just went nine for 19 and eight total points. That offense is totally discombobulated. You got to get... CPAT in your fucking lineup, Franco. Like, what do we do? I was actually, get him off the IR. He has him in there instead of Fournette. He wins the week. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. And I know that's maybe not a move that you would make. Like, I'm saying that based on hindsight, and that is definitely hindsight. But like, I don't know, man. Like, fucking get him out. Like, I was actually ready to defend him because I'll tell you about our exchange between Franco and I in just a second. But the funniest part about this is you nailed it, and I didn't realize this ahead of time. He actually had the roster spot available. He didn't have to drop one of Gallup or Reynolds. He had the spot sitting there. God forbid. It's an empty roster spot. So he literally just had to move the guy. Now, this is where the defense slightly comes in because Tones, life is crazy. Franco's got two small kids. You know how it is sometimes with these fathers. You know, they got stuff going on. Of course, so of course. When it comes to Franco and Patterson, Patterson's activated, I believe, on Saturday. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was activated on Saturday. Not so sure if he's going to come off, and he does. When that happens, it's said on Sunday that he's expected to be eased back in with a more limited workload than usual. So if that's the case, and by the way, 13 rushes for 44 yards is nothing to write home about. However, he had the two touchdowns, which gives him that 17-point output. So even if Franco was all over it, and even if it was time to say on Sunday morning, hey, I'm going to put this guy in, and he had the time to look at it, which I don't think he did, he's still probably not putting him in. That's the only argument I make. And he actually texted me, funny, texted me and basically just said, hey, I'm not going to get penalized for not activating him, am I? I'm like, this guy, what a nice guy. Also, oh, he, he knew. knew. As of, he texted me on Sunday at, at about 2 p.m., and I didn't respond until... Oh, okay, much okay. later on Sunday when I saw it. I thought so, that was before. No, it, it sounds to me, okay. based on the narrative, that he had not seen it. Then it happened, and he was afraid that there was going to be some sort of league penalty about it. The answer is obviously not, Franco. Thank you for no, checking no. in, and I appreciate that. You're a nice guy. But I don't think he knew. Does that make it better? Probably not. But anyway, I digress. That's where we are on the Franco situation. 
All right, Doors, it's time, buddy. It's it's time for the power yes. rankings, baby. I, I'm jacked up. This is gonna fucking. I cut rock you off the there as we're getting back jacked. into it because I think I am just as excited as you. I alluded to it before. This is the craziest power rankings we've ever done, and I don't think anything else comes very close. Because from probably, what do you think, Tones, from seven onwards, there was a discussion seriously about how high or low can we put this respective guy, right? Yeah, the top six, it was just so difficult. I think, like, it was so difficult, man. Even, like, who was last kind of had, we had a little mini debate over that one. Like, it's crazy, man. Anyway, let's just start it off. Let's get into it. We have a new last place team, and it is... Christian <laughs> Robert Genera, who's down three spots. I don't even think he would argue with this. The guy is just <laughs> floundering. It's just a disaster. Um, Rich gets the tiebreak for last place because he's actually put up good numbers the last three weeks. It's actually been respectable. So he comes in at yeah, number nine. It's very Those hard to come off 129 and say that you're in last place, especially where Genera's at. Rob right. is the easiest guy to place here. We didn't really have much of a discussion. I mentioned the points for, it's like 107 a week. Rob slots in at number eight. End of story with Rob. We got me coming in at number seven. So very much a reflection here of the actual standings. Now shit gets wild. You ready? I'm I'm so Number six. Number six is Michael Paul Dotto. He's down two spots. Great hairline. Not so great team. I think, go ahead. Doors. I think we've laid it out, right? A lot of the guys that we're about to discuss, and Mike is not going to be happy about this, and nor is one of the next guys on this list, but it's the last four weeks of inconsistency. You can put up 164, but if you put up 82 and 101 and you lose those games to guys like your own brother, it's not going to bode well for the power rankings as we come into this. (laughs) At least he's mad. I did hear. I did hear. She's pissed. She's like, you put Mike at six? Lucy's got your back, Mikey D. Lou, you good? That is... <laughs> Lou, you ready for this doozy? You're going to freak out. You're freaking out about Two Mike? Tones, you ready to hear it. number five? Lou, you ready? Number five is Nick oh fucking Dotto. <laughs> oh! Let's go. Lucy just came over here tail wagging, ready for a petting. She agrees. She agrees. Nick Dotto is a fraudulent, <laughs> lucky man. I can't believe you've been calling him skillful over the last two years, and yet now <laughs> I'm sick it. of him. You're sick of him. He is skilled. He is skilled, but I'm telling you, man, it was like we were splitting yeah. hairs. Like we were finding the most minute things because the difference between one and six right now is so small. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think I would take the four teams ahead of Nick, gun to my head, who has to win a fantasy game. I would take those four teams over Nick's as currently constructed The caveat is he's missing Chubb and McCaffrey this week. Did this play into the decision? No, it did not. He was 2-2 in his last four weeks, 91-84, 174, and then 110 with the guys on by this week. It hasn't been the most sterling run for him. He also has the fewest points against by a landslide. And the points for among the top six teams right now are the fewest. So, Nick, you have the best record. It hasn't looked so good lately. 
I know I'm going to eat my words because McCaffrey's going to go off for 40 for the next three weeks. But as it stands right now, we've got Nick at number five. We move on to number four. The next guy down two spots for where he was before is Ryan Wardle. Another bombshell for a guy who just put up 150 points this week, Tones. Do you have any particular reason you'd like to share as to why Ryan comes in at four? Same deal, man. It's just like, fuck, man. These teams are so good. I think for Ryan's team, it was just splitting hairs. And I'm like, his depth is kind of compared to the others. Like, if he has a couple injuries, we mentioned the cup thing. He loses cup, jam done. I mean, you can say that about any team's top player. But, like, I think if he has a couple injuries here, it could suddenly get really scary for Ryan. Um, So that was it. That was basically the gist of it. Number three, we have Franco, who has just been putting up great numbers. He's up two spots. Um, get Cordell Patterson in your lineup, man. Just, just do it. Okay. This is my Most apology. Consistent last three. five weeks in the entire league outside of Dan is Franco. 221, 125, 122, 127, 144 in a loss. These have been Franco's outputs over the last five weeks. They have been awesome. He has only failed to crack a hundred one time and it was in week two, unfortunately in a loss to Christian Genera. Not that we need any more justification, but Franco is number three. Tones, number two is, yeah. Number two is you, Alex Doria. It is you, down from your throne up there at number one, which means you've put it together by now. Number one, (laughs) up eight spots, is Dan (laughs) Winyasharik. Woo! What a stud. The meteoric rise of this man's team is something else. It's incredible we now can we have to talk about him on the pod maybe that's why he's winning so much because he was so upset that we didn't talk about he's like fuck these guys i'm just gonna be sick and they'll have to talk about me good strategy it's working you're now number one in the power rankings congrats dan absolutely it's just been one of the wildest runs we've seen because it's not just he's winning four games in a row it's the nature in which he's winning them and it's also the fact that he made the swing for the fences to get the guys that he did to turn it around as soon as he heard that he was where he was in our previous edition of the power rankings after week four i believe he goes on a four and one stretch where he puts up more points than anyone else in the league uh bar none So congratulations to Dan for being number one in definitely the biggest rise we have ever seen in the history of our very, very prestigious uh, Holdman Dick Power Rankings. Maybe ever will. All right, Doors, let's wrap this thing up. Point spread game. You ready? Let's look ahead to next week. I was just going to say, to to just lay it out very briefly, we have three different teams in our league who have bye weeks to their quarterbacks. I know Dan with Joe Burrow and Ryan with Lamar Jackson are two of those three teams. So we have some missing pieces to fill in. We have some defenses on buys. We have already filled in those gaps with potential projected points just to make sure that we're doing this as fairly as possible in terms of where those point spreads lie. And you're right, Tones, you mentioned it. This is our second rivalry week, and it is a rematch of the week one matchups as we go now into the turnover of the schedule. So why don't we get into it? Tones, you. Let's do it. Should I? Oh, yeah, I guess I'll ask you about this first ah. one because it's me versus Nick. Nikki is a 14 point favorite. 
Dorothy. This is tough because I'm going to pull up the matchup right now and look at what we've got going on. I don't think there are any significant buy weeks to speak of here. You have the Drake on a buy. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, and Nicky's got his boys back. If he considers Jacoby Myers a mainstay in his lineup, I want to throw up in my mouth. So um, it looks to me no. like Nicky's 134 is pretty legit on paper, assuming Keenan Allen plays. So with McCaffrey and Chubb back, with Justin Jefferson going at full swing, I don't know, Tones. This is a tough one. This is tough. I, I, I just, based on what Nick's ceiling might be with those two running backs back in the lineup, I think Nick maybe beats you in covers. Yeah. Oh, baby. You know what? I would like that because then it's just cool. Decision yeah. made. We're selling. Uh, all right. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's you next. Okay, here we go. You are a three-point favorite over Ryan. That's a tough one. What a good matchup that is. I will say that I will say before you jump into um, your pick, uh, Ryan does have, like we said, Lamar Jackson's on a bye. He will pick up a quarterback, as we know. Mm -hmm. But the problem with Ryan right here is that he also has Joe Mixon on a bye next week, and he's traded Najee Harris. So I'm not quite sure as I pull up this matchup who Ryan is going to be slotting into that spot. We have filled in the discrepancy, but that doesn't mean that we know who he's going to have. I mean, Eckler is two running backs in one, but um, Ryan does he not has have a guy, Gus Edwards right? who's he on doesn't. a bye and injured, so he doesn't have a second running back as it stands right now. Oof. Um, so after Ryan gives up his fifth overall or fifth round pick because he doesn't start a full lineup, um, I think here's the thing, right? I, I don't think Josh Allen's playing this week. I really don't. Sure. So I think this is a factor. I'm going to say Ryan and the points just for fucking, just for chaos. Give me Ryan and the points. Give me Ryan plus three here. So then Ryan and I would both have to pick up quarterbacks and we'd both be starting a random guy, but at least I have a second running back on my roster. I won't fight you on it. Yeah, yeah you have many running backs. It. You have many running backs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, no I'm just rooting for chaos. I don't give a fuck. Right, um, all right, next up, we got Rob versus Mike. Mike is an eight-point favorite only, which is crazy. But Mike's missing. Uh, no, I actually don't think he is. Mike's <laughs> just team is just trash. Maybe that's what's I'm sure, going on. I'm, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure he'll love to hear that. I'm sure that'll be a thing that he's going to be super excited about. Um, since we started this podcast, Mike has made a lineup change. So clearly he is getting ready for waivers tomorrow. He's got Aaron Jones currently slotted into his lineup. We don't know if Aaron Jones is going to play. Um, this seems to me like a Mike Boom week. Um, I, I just think Jacob has a better day against Indy right now. I, I think there's a couple guys on his team who, who will have a, a nice day, including maybe the return of Amon Ross St. Brown, who's been um, kind of floundering a little bit lately. So I hate to say it, but based on what we've seen out of Rob and what Mike can do in terms of a boom, I'm going to take Mike here to, uh, to win and cover. All I right. couldn't disagree with that one more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to piss off Mike as much as I can. It's All right, here we go. Next one. Who we got? Oh, it's to you it's, versus I, me. I, I you to not, me. I, I do you? <laughs> yeah, it's do me, Rich. Do me, do against me, Franco, me real good. Franco, who has been on a tear. Rich, who just put up 129. Franco is currently favored by 12 points. Tones, will Franco cover the 12, or will Rich potentially win or at least finish within 11 points of Franco? 
I think Franco smashes. I think Rich's run of high point totals here comes to an end. I think it's a Franco cover. Gotcha. That's what I got here. All right, Doris, last one. Last but not least, this is the big one. CRG versus Dan. Dan is a 24-point favorite. What say you? 24, 24 points. 24 points takes know. into account the fact that he has Joe Burrow on a bye. He's got a quarterback to fit in there. He also, though, has T. Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson on a bye. Does it matter? No. The answer is no. The answer no. is no, not at all. It doesn't matter who Dan plays. Gennaro's team is so shit. Um, I just don't see a situation where any of these guys, like, can you see any situation where Naheem Hines, James Conner, Najee Harris, Allen Robinson, Zay Jones, or Hunter Renfro have over 16 points? I just can't see any of those guys doing anything of any value. His wide receiver one was dropped (laughs) by me in like week four. And my team has been a complete debacle to the point where I started Mac fucking Hollins. Who? This week. Dropped Allen Robinson. Dropped his ass. That's CRG's arguably, I don't know, whoever you decide is the wide receiver one between Renfro, Zay Jones, and Allen Robinson. Tough scenes, man. Really tough scenes. I can't believe this team. This is wild. So... All right, man. We're We're back. back. I'm going to fill those in for next week. Make sure we do that because the whole point of the point spread game was that we could review it next week. We couldn't do anything for this week. So we'll we'll go over those next week. Uh, Tones, wow. This has been uh, a marathon, certainly not a sprint. This was a marathon. We had a lot to talk about, man. It's been three weeks. We, We, you know, I've been talking football into a microphone for... For very long, so we had we had shit to get off our chest, right? I had people to chirp, of course. Right? So that takes time. So sorry no, if this took, uh, no, too not long, at all. Fuck it, whatever. Now I hope Mike is. No, I hope Mike we're is all happy. thrilled. Uh, but this was fun, dude. It's gonna be. We're back in the. We're back in the swing of things. We're back on the grind. Let's go. We got some dubs, buddy. Let's see some chaos reign in this fucking. I would league. love it. And Let's here's go. the thing, Tones. The question that we have to ask as we fade out here is. Is this podcast ever going to see the light of day? Will the audio recording work out for the two of us in our very first remote podcast since COVID? I got my fingers crossed, man. Listen, Chief, you my my end's good, so you better make sure your your end's good. If it's not good, I'm going to be very kill upsetting. You. And up. on that note, everybody, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Public enemy number one on the